Some time ago, my friend Mike called me and said, Steve, I have a message for you. You have to make a podcast. It's very important. Do it now. And I said, okay, I will. Can you provide me with extra time to do that during my busy schedule? He said he couldn't do that. But then I managed to free up some time. So here's my podcast, Audio Chimera. This is episode number 13, Steampunkin. I entered my first costume contest at the age of 59, and the 10-year-old boy who lives inside me, he tried to stop me. Let me explain. I should mention here at the outset that I'm not really a Halloween person. I don't look forward annually to Halloween the way some people look forward to Christmas. And as I see how extensively some people decorate in October, they must like Halloween better than Christmas. When I was a kid, my mother would buy me a boxed costume. One year, I was an astronaut, and I trick-or-treated around the neighborhood in it. The next year would be a new boxed costume, so I never had any attachment to them. And now I wish I still had them, and all my toys we got rid of, because I could make a fortune on eBay. In my adulthood, even though I've been doing theater for decades, December of 2017 celebrates my 40th year of shows, and I have acted in many plays, including in period costumes with tights. I just never felt the need to dress up off stage. At one university, we had a colleague who gave an annual Halloween party, and there we had to show up in costume. One year, my wife and I used the camel she created for Sister Mary Ignatius Explains It All for You. For another, we went as an Elizabethan couple, but she was the man and I was the woman. No, I didn't shave, and I kept losing pretzels down my cleavage, or saving them for later. But for the most part, I'm not that keen to get into a costume. But then, along came steampunk. I don't know how I first encountered the style, but I immediately saw its theatrical possibilities. And, as I've said in a scholarly journal article on costuming a show in steampunk, I've always been interested in the Victorian era. I assume I spent a past life during that period, and so my affinity for Victorian houses, I live in one, and Victorian clothing makes perfect sense to me. My wife and I had a Victorian period wedding. She made her dress in the bridesmaid's dresses, and the groomsmen and I wore period Victorian morning suits. If we went into the future, as described in Neil Stevenson's The Diamond Age, I would definitely be a Neo-Victorian. And steampunk seemed like the easiest way to get there. As a side note, I have long been interested in things now labeled as steampunk. The novels of Jules Verne and H.G. Wells, the TV show The Wild Wild West, and no, don't watch the movie. So finding something labeled steampunk, looking as it does, it was a natural fit. Being also interested in Shakespeare and magic, I looked at the play entitled Birth of Merlin, a collaboration between Williams, Shakespeare, and Rowley. After doing some research, this play seemed perfect for this aesthetic. I made the Britons steampunks, complete with hats covered in gears and keys, and Selma, a healing cleric, carried a staff adorned by a large gear, or was it a cross in a circle? 
The invading Saxons were goth vampires clad in black and flashing deadly fangs. Vortiger, a Briton in the process of becoming a vampire through his treason, wore a black top hat adorned with both skulls and vials of foul liquids. I returned again to the steampunk well two years later for a play called Chemical Imbalance, a Jekyll and Hyde play. While the aesthetic served more as a veneer than as a skeleton, the influence of so-called Victorian science fiction was obvious. What I like most about steampunk are two things. First, steampunk is inclusive. While there are occasionally people who try to define what steampunk is and isn't, and they usually do so to prove that they are and others aren't, for the most part, steampunk is what you make it. You say you're steampunk? As long as certain elements of period silhouette or color or design are there, most of us will say, yes, that's steampunk, and be willing to hang out with you. The second thing I like is the maker aspect. Sure, one can buy entire outfits online. Historicalemporium.com made a ton of money from our productions of Birth of Merlin and Chemical Imbalance. But for many, the point is to make things yourself. During the early period of my fascination with steampunk, I watched two guilty pleasure shows, Heroes of Cosplay and Steampunked. The former showed cosplayers getting ready for convention appearances and costume contests, usually leaving everything to the last minute, which drives me crazy. I like to have everything ready to go by first dress rehearsal, but I recall more than one show where a piece of clothing did not appear until the final performance. These ten designers will compete to turn an ordinary home into a steampunk masterpiece. Steampunked was a sort of reality competition where individuals and teams created steampunk settings, clothing, and accessories. All of this seemed like a fun activity, and I began remaking our one basement room, which had been outfitted as a workshop by a previous owner, into a steampunk maker shop. And then the most important question, what costume would I create? My wife is the seamstress, and I have no skills in that area. But I've always liked masks, and I thought that if I had the right mask, the rest of the costume might fill in around it. I began playing with thermoplastic sheets to see what might evolve out of that. After several experiments, I discovered I don't like thermoplastics or burning my fingers. Ow, ow, ow! But in the meantime, I had an inspiration. Steampunk Grim Reaper. I had never seen it when looking at photos of steampunk gatherings such as the Steampunk World's Fair. I did some research and found an action figure with that label, but no humans dressed as such. And so, basing my concept loosely on the Google image, I sketched out my idea. You can see my sketches and all the component parts, as well as the finished product, in a video on my YouTube channel. I'll link it in my blog, which you can find at musofire2, that's M-U-S-O-F-Y-R-2, dot wordpress dot com. And so, here I was, like the heroes of cosplay, completing my costume one day before the contest at the Green County Historical Society's Steampunk Garden Party in Western PA. I entered online, and then the ten-year-old boy, who has never grown up, who hides in the darkness until he decides to come out at the worst possible moment, sowing self-doubt as he has all my life, said, Are you sure you want to do this? People will be staring at you. But wasn't that the idea? I showed up to the garden party, wandered around, made masked eye contact with people, 
consulted my pocket watch and shook my head, no, it wasn't their time yet. And people got it. I was asked to pose for photos both alone and with other garden party attendees. But the contest, alas, I didn't win, and I didn't really expect to. But I did it. In spite of the stupid, hesitant fears I still have from when I was a kid, I entered the costume contest, I walked around, I got stared at, and I did it. And I enjoyed it. But shut up, 10-year-old me, and go back into hiding. Anything you want to hear more about from this podcast? I can elaborate. Just send your request to stephentrum at musifier.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N S-C-H-R-U-M at musifier, M-U-S-O-F-Y-R.com or leave a message at 724-835-4074 and I'll see what I can do. I receive no cash for products I mentioned, but please feel free to throw money at me to advertise here. For more information on my works, check out my website, musifier.com. For written works, search for me on Smashwords as Stephen Schramm or Musifier, or find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. This is Stephen Schramm. Thanks for listening to Audio Chimera. <laughs>